I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is really I'm just sad. Really Dude, that's pretty good. This is Big Bling, bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha packs, exploring their F3 experiences, and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. You don't want to miss even an instant of the brilliance that's about to happen. It's unfolding before your eyes. Before we get started, well, uh, why don't you introduce yourself to Dredd, uh, actually myself too, because I, I mean, I don't think we've ever met before, have we? No, no, I don't think so. Brandon Playhardy, 36, The Plague, uh, Omaha uh, F3 guy. I've been doing F3 since uh, 2018. And uh, we started this podcast last year, just kind of interviewing guys, um, really focused on their kind of, journey and and as their journey intersected f3 kind of walking them through uh you know first second and third f q source mm -hmm. kind of just hearing what the um impact f3 has had on their lives so we're we're excited uh the, the other gentleman yeah. is pony i'll let him introduce himself yeah so i'm uh john Whitworth, 30 pony express um <laughs> actually was the first interviewee uh for this gloom podcast uh, and this actually was kind of born from uh, a general idea that Plague and I don't think that our great ideas are being vocalized enough. So we needed to get them out there <laughs> into the ether. Yeah, you uh, do know that's the reason no, we but, started but, all the podcasts we started. <laughs> <laughs> sure. No, absolutely. No, but in reality, I think what we kind of noticed was, uh, you know, we had a conversation with our Nan fan at one point where, you know, we kind of noticed this theme around year two, year three of guys, I mean, whatever this phenomenon is, their enthusiasm starts to die down. Mm -hmm. um, at least we've noticed that within our own region. So we're like, well, could this be a supplement to kind of keep them engaged? Um, and we actually, you know, Plague's right. We, we started with asking guys their stories, but we started with the leaders, the former site cues, former comms cues, former, just for, former leaders in our groups. And so that's where we really started to say, okay, well, let's keep these guys engaged and then we were really like blowing up um and, and we may want to talk about that at some point we've had some huge expansion i know you guys have all, all gone through that but with that you know we really wanted to focus on okay well we're going through this huge group it's no longer this best kept little secret it's you know we want it's for the masses on it's huge but we want to be able to look back and say here's you know here's where the roots were here's where they started here's where we came from and here's some of the guys that were involved from the beginning so sure. they may not be here anymore but here's their story so no i love it we um we lovingly refer to what you're talking about as the dip that's what i call it the dip yep. and it is it's it, sometimes it's around two or three years usually it, it's not a specific set of time usually i think the average i would call it is probably four four-ish years you know but it is mm -hmm. that's what happens the guys who started it they they ran out of what's next and as soon as they ran out of what's next, they just kind of disengage. And so that's, that's one of the things we're focused on. And that's why I love what you're doing, because we're trying to figure out how do we provide them with the next what's next, right? Yeah, excellent work. I guess, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? I, I guess I hate to assume that everybody knows who, who the two of you are, even though. If you don't know who I am, then you got to, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Frank Schwartz, 46, Dark Helmet. 
Daywriting Dread 5-8. Gramps. Gramps. Almost 60. Yep. Respect. <laughs> Respect, yeah. You know, I guess what, what's in kind of the, the topic for today, so as we've been listening to the Minivan Centurion content and really just um, enjoying what you're putting out there, I think we're seeing a lot of alignment in the, the stories we hear from guys and also some of the other kind of F3 content. So I wanted to just um, get some thoughts from you on, on you know, kind of how maybe Vance and Train maybe does or doesn't fit with F3. I know you've, you've covered mm -hmm. that a little bit on, on some of your episodes, but also um, kind of also wanted to dive into like Concentrica, uh, minivan centurion how, do, how does all of that relate and really kind of helping some of the guys uh, from our region that listen in to kind of explore how do, how do they adopt some of the minivan centurion uh, concepts yeah i mean yeah okay our our time is yours yeah we're loving it i guess for me what what um what really got me interested in f3 was the concentrica so i was already doing a lot of you know, first F kind of working out stuff, but a, a buddy of mine said, hey, there's this really great uh, concept that totally wipes work-life balance out of the water, right? It, it gets rid of that concept and allows you to focus on on relationships in, in your life. So I, I love the Concentrica model and it's been really helpful for me. So as I, I, as I listen to some of the MC content, you know, I guess the first question I have is like, is, is the the essentials, the radical notions, some of that stuff, is that on a per relationship basis or what, what does that look like? I think it, it gets a, a little bit muddy as you're kind of looking at, um, you know, your main role is, or your primary purpose is to love and protect your family, but then how does this roll out to like shield lock and maybe blade relationships? What, what, mm -hmm. do, you, what do you guys think there? Yeah, I mean, those, those are good questions. I mean, I think I want to start with why write that book in the first place, uh, the Minivan Centurion. Um, so the Minivan Centurion concept is about 11 or 12 years old. Like there's an, an old blog post somebody dug up. Like I had, a, I had this Google blog, really, I think it's before F3, where I wrote, I first wrote that. And I don't remember what put it in my head. I think I might've been watching the miniseries Rome. That hmm. was on HBO in the mid noughts. And um, the main character, one of the main characters is a, is a centurion. And uh, he's um, just like this stalwart guy. He has no aspirations, uh, political aspirations. He just takes care of his, his century. And uh, he's a tough guy. He takes care of his family. He's not, he has a troubled marriage, but he realizes because he's been gone a lot. It's just, it's very, it's a very great, it's a great way to tell the story of Rome. If you ever, it's like two seasons long, you watch all of them. And uh, I think that got me thinking about what centurions were, because I don't think I really knew. And, and that was a, also about the time I became a Christian, so I was studying the Bible, and uh, centurions appear in the Bible. And uh, so I you know, just started looking and thinking about centurions, and it got in my head that a centurion was a very unique character in history. Uh, but they were the glue of the Roman Empire. And when they ceased to exist, not in short order, so did the Roman Empire. And I said, does that thing, does it exist in America? And I was asking myself that. And that, mm. that's when I wrote that first blog post. And then uh, I think it's in the last chapter of Free to Lead. 
uh, the minivan centurion, you know, makes his appearance. And then really since then I would talk about it or, you know, but I really never sat down to write about it in any way. Wrote the Q source, I think in 2015 or so. And after that, I wrote a, a book about uh, litigation. I'm a lawyer in my day job. And uh, I wrote basically the Q source for litigators, which, you know, three people have read, including me. All of which uh, were forced. But it, but it took a long time to write. So when I was well, done with okay. that. that's I'm okay. I'm an attorney and I haven't read it. So, uh, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, well, not we'll saying you that. Yeah. yeah, we'll jam it down your thing. Uh, I make the guys work for me read it. Uh, they tell me that they are appreciative of it because uh, when I wrote, the point of that book is to say, man, I wish somebody handed me a book when I started, you know, because I, you know, I graduated law school, but I didn't know how to be a, a litigator. And, you know, the, I never really, no one ever really told me. So I kind of wrote it from that standpoint. So after I was done with that, um, I think we were just getting into covid mm -hmm. and that was what 20 and 20 was when we had all the the blm stuff and the you know the cold george stuff. floyd george and, floyd and portland burned and right yeah and i looked around and i said this is like the last days of rome in a way you know i mean yeah and it's the there's no middle anymore uh we had our 4th of July convergence here in Charlotte, and uh, which we usually do. And uh, I was like 100 guys. I think I was, yeah, I was still in Nantan. And uh, the local Nantan asked me to say a few words about, you know, Fort, and I love talking about America. And, uh, you know, I said, big difference between, you know, I talked about America and, you know, what 4th of July meant. I, you know, I was feeling pretty good about myself, walked away from it. I'm walking to my car and a guy uh, who's been in F3 for a long time, mm -hmm. And in Metro for a long time, um, he and I, do, he and I do not see eye to eye on politics and some other stuff, but he's been a stalwart F3 guy. Uh, he um, comes up to me with a paper bag right by my car. This is right after I've given this speech. It's rousing right. tribute to America. And he says, will you draw a single piece of paper out of this uh, paper bag, mm -hmm. please? And I looked at him and I said, I smiled and I said, no, of course I won't do that. <laughs> and he said, why? And I said, because you're always up to something and you're up to something now. And I'm not going to be a foil for whatever your, right. whatever reindeer game you're playing. And uh, he says, well, you know, I'm doing this. Um, he's, yeah, he was getting his master's in leadership or something. Okay. And uh, well, I'll probably clue you into who his. I had and, a funny uh, feeling yeah. anyway, but yeah. And I said, uh, he goes, this is a part of the project we're doing. And. All I really need you to do is pick out the piece of paper and tell me, you know, how it makes you feel. And, I, and, and whatever you say is fine. And uh, anyway, if you would consent to it, I would record what you said. And I said, you must record it. <laughs> so I, I do. I put it on the local news. I put my hand in this bag and I pull out a piece of paper and it said uh, George Floyd on it. Oh. And, okay. I, and I said... It doesn't make me feel anything. And he said, why not? I said, because I live 3,000 miles away. Yeah. Because, you know, the trial hasn't happened yet. I'm an attorney. Yeah, I, said, well, I don't even know who's guilty or innocent. I, I said, yeah. you know, I, I would have to hear the evidence. And, and then th there's no feelings I could have. I said, what else you got in there? Anyway. They're all George Floyd. No, half of them were 
And I forgot the guy's name. The cop? The cop. No. So the idea was you pulled one or the other, and then you were supposed to talk about whatever. And I said, I'm going to tell you how I feel about it, man. Is, and I got mad at him, of course. And I said, the guy is what? Oh, Shalvin, right? Shalvin? Shalvin? I don't know. Uh, I watched the video. It looked to me like he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. But we have this is America, we're a land of rules and laws, not a land of feelings. And the guy gets his trial, and if he's convicted, and the jury, uh, and he gets a fair trial, and he gets his appellate rights, and he's convicted, and he goes to jail, and the judge sentences him within the sentencing guidelines that are applicable in the state of Minnesota, then why should I have any feelings about that as a citizen of a city, county, and state 2,000 miles away? And he's like, well, I, that, that's fine. You know, that's the way you feel about it. I was like, yeah, that's yeah. the way I feel about it. Yeah. This guy and I have had several a little dust-ups dust-ups over, over the years. Minor. He's a big Woody Hayes fan, the only one in America. Okay, so, <laughs> you know, figure the math. Wait, is that, a, is that a sports thing? Yeah, sports yeah, okay, thing. Yeah. All right. So this, the, that, I tell that story because it's emblematic about the way I thought people were starting to act. It's like this has nothing to do with my community. Right. And yet we're having these protests in my community about stuff that has nothing to do with us. And not only that, but but he gave me the fact that there were only two names in the back. You know, right. Like so right. to pick one or right. the other. Right. To, right. Yeah. And but I also felt and still do that a lot of what um, was being said was true and accurate and needed to be addressed. I still do. Sure. I mean, uh, I think there's plenty of things that police officers don't do in uh, across across the board, or do do that we need to address, and that's why we have laws, and we need to we need to stick to them. I mean, I'm uh, I'm neither uh, blue lives nor black lives matter, and uh, that was that's when I started thinking about it's all these guys who are everything is one or the other. That was that paper bag, one yeah. name or, or the, the other, other. Period. And your feelings are important. Yeah, And I was like, that's not the way a centurion would approach it. A centurion would say, life is complicated and, and there's a lot of nuances. And almost every situation, people are making bad decisions and they're compromising what they're doing. And, you know, I, Derek Chauvin could have been wrong as hell. And I actually think he was. Sure. I, don't, I don't care if he was following the law or not. Sure, He was morally wrong for what he did. That's my opinion based on what I saw. And I think you need to get a fair trial. Right. Wait, those are conflicting thoughts. You held them both in your right. head at the that, same that, time. Well, that's, that to me is the essence of the, of the centurion. He's a guy right. that can hold conflicting thoughts at the same time. And, you know, the, the minivan centurion stationed in Judea in the time of Jesus were the representatives of Roman power on earth. And they had 80 men and their families to look out for, and they had a job to do. And if they didn't do their job, they could find themselves on a on a crucifix. And yet the centurions in the Bible also appealed to Jesus to save their servants' lives, to heal yeah. them. Yeah. And also one of them was converted by Peter. Cornelius, right? Mm -hmm. And also one of them was standing at the foot of the cross. And said, after truly. The, truly he was the son of God, right? Yeah. And if you take all those things together, like this is the life of what a man actually is in his community, right? Yeah. He's many, many things. And I, so I, it got me thinking about 
trying to structure that and say, this is what this is what a man in his community who loves his family, loves his community, and loves his nation, and but is on a compromised adventure. Yeah. He doesn't have the right to do whatever he wants, can't cut people off in traffic. You know, he can't do all that, can't yell at people. Right. He's got to do his best to influence people to the to, to their best advantage. What would that look like? How would I describe it? And that's what got me writing writing the book. And actually, it didn't take that long. It took like three months. Well, you've been thinking about it a little while. I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it. Um, and also, yeah. I, I will um, gladly uh, admit and confess, because it ain't that big of a confession. <laughs> My leadership was for crap during COVID, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. I mean, thank you for being my friend, but, but this COVID was an opportunity, I think, for me as the then Nantan of F3 to chart a course through these difficult times, be a man of tremendous positive energy, uh, and a man who brought people together with different feelings. And too often, not always, sure, too often I let my anger and my my, my bias against the governmental restrictions because I was totally oh, yeah, opposed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I could not set that aside. And too often I was strident and angry and probably lost opportunities to influence people. Well, I mean, how do you reconcile that, right? You, I mean, at what moment were you like, hey, I am really doing a disservice or am I missing out of this opportunity? Was it something, was there a specific event that came up or was it just some self-reflection? You finally took some time to say, oh, I dropped the ball here. Here's where I can do better. Well, one night, I was, I was sitting in uh, Italian restaurants next to my office, and I was, uh, uh, I was drinking beer. My wife was out of town. I was eating, you know, this is kind of my regular haunt, you know. So I'm sitting at the bar, and I was looking at tweets, and I just, I started out okay, and then I started tweeting some pretty, pretty angry stuff. And uh, in the midst of it, Checkpoint, who in the book is called Tom Wilson or Tim Tim Watson. Tim Watson, yeah. Oh, uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, <laughs> um, says just text me and says, either you're angry or you're drunk or both. Put Either your, way. Yeah. Put your phone down and thank me in the morning. <laughs> Which is exactly what you say to Dredd if you want to piss him off. Well, more. no, actually, uh, I put my phone down and I did, did, I did thank him oh, in the good. morning. Okay, good. Because uh, he was absolutely right. And, uh, and the funny part about it is that Tim Watson and I disagreed about 99% of what the government did. Yeah. Yeah, opposite ends for right. sure. And uh, every time he would show up at a workout, I'd be like, why are you even here? <laughs> if you just, he's like, well, I think it's, I was like, you're just making your own rules to accommodate yourself. <laughs> right. But uh, I, I, I don't know. So that, that, that night was kind of a watershed in my mind. Mm. Um, and uh, I had a couple like those. I, I didn't have one, you know, remarkable moment. Uh, I ripped into this local guy here in Charlotte, a teacher, because uh, I was so mad at teachers. I filed a lawsuit against the school board here uh, about virtual school, and uh, I was absolutely right. I was, I mean, I was absolutely um, certain that within short order, they would admit that they had done a horrible job with kids, and I was absolutely right about that. Yeah, well. I shouldn't even I, say, you know, right? Yeah. I don't know how short or right. Yeah. But I was so mad at teachers that 
I, I could not have a reasonable conversation. This guy's an F3 guy. And I ripped into him on Twitter. And uh, he's a young guy, so you really shouldn't have done it. Anyway, uh, F3's Fighting Mongol calls me on the phone. And he says, I'm not sure you should have done that. I'm like, well, I, 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 I was right. And he's like, yeah, but you weren't doing right. Ouch. Yeah, I was like, yeah. So he's one of my blades. So I was kind of like, <laughs> man, I don't, that's, I don't like to be hoisted on my own petard here, Mongol, but uh, you're right. You're right that for in that moment, being right trumped doing right. And that, that also became kind of a major theme, I think, of the minivan. I was going to say, that's, that's one of the big ones, yeah, right? That kind of right. flows through all of it. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. And I guess, uh, you know, something I hear you talking about is really the, there are some things that you brought forward in free to lead, right? Like, like the, the reacher or the, the flux or pogo 40, kind of the circumstances of life that really it's, it, it's always in flux. Right. And so I think what, what happened with COVID that was so interesting was people started to, you know, like you said, move out of the middle even though really not, nothing was different with COVID, right? It's just another thing that uh, was kind of shaking up our, our world. And I think as we've interviewed guys and, and kind of asked them about their interaction with F3 during COVID, um, a lot of guys actually came, came back. So we had some restrictions in place, but we could still work out uh, with, with smaller group sizes. And so it, it's interesting that as COVID happened kind of in the, the world, um, a lot of our regional guys came back to F3 as, as sort of the middle. Um, and so I, I think, you know, one of the things I, I'm curious your thoughts on, like, does the guy who comes to F3 and, and stays in F3, is, are a lot of the guys that stay already kind of this Andis mindset? Or do you think there's a fair number of, of guys that are, that are still staying around F3 but, but becoming Orist? Or what's your perspective on that i think it's they're andist curious uh, yeah i think <laughs> yeah i i think that all of us in our better natures are andists like every once in a while somebody will point out to me oh, i wasn't very andist of you i was like i didn't say i was perfect <laughs> you know it's aspirational right sure uh but i i want to think that f3 is having that positive effect you know um in the places where it is and i think it, it definitely is and, and i think part of that is because of the way it's designed you get to work. I mean, really, truly, unless you uh, participate at some level in some second F or something, and it happens to go kind of, you know, in some certain direction or other, you don't even know. You know, you have no idea, right? That's one of my favorite things about it. And I think that's part of why it's uniquely positioned to be the middle holder is I could work out to a guy or, or, or work out with a guy on one side of me who's a, you know, a, a cardiac surgeon makes a bajillion dollars a year. And, and the guy on, on my left is a recovering alcoholic. You know, and, and just barely out of recovery and, and you know, he's uh, he's just barely got himself into a home and, and got his first job at like Panera Bread or something, making minimum wage, right? And these two guys will work out together. They might be partnering in the workout. They'll have no idea and they won't care because it won't matter. And, and the reason it won't matter is because the mission is clear. The mission for what we're trying to do is above. It, it, it supersedes any feelings we have or any differences we have or anything like that. And I think that's part of why, you know, you look at like Q source written as what I would, I would contend. And we've talked about before is kind of a framework for here's what F3 leadership ought to look like. And then they've, you took the minivan centurion and kind of said, now let me, let me kind of paint a picture for you 
of if a guy is living like Q source indicates, these are the this is what he would look like. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, that's that is a good way. Actually, we were just talking about that in the other podcast. Uh, that's why I'm so brilliantly said that yeah, just now. Could you not uh, out me? I'm trying to look smart. Right. It's, uh, well, no, I mean, I, I forgot. So <laughs> it's, uh, I, I want, I would hope that some, if somebody read and why anybody subject himself to this, I don't know. If somebody read everything I wrote. They were like, you're fairly consistent. No, I, like, I, the, the, yeah, the, I think you're very yeah. consistent. But, yeah. but so free delete says, okay, what, the, the premise of free delete is, look, here's what's going on. Whether we like, here's what's going on in our lives. Our lives are too darn easy. Food's too easy to get. You know, uh, we don't have any friends. It's impossible to stay fit because you don't have to, you know, hunt for your food. You, right. You know. There's that picture of like the escalator that goes into right. the gym. That's right. Right. I mean, it's, it's a joke, right? I mean, now that, you know, 5% of the population is involved in, in, in food gathering, the rest of us are, are selling, you know, insurance and stuff. So, <laughs> you know, so uh, it's, you know, you've taken that away. And then so, you don't have the close friendships and then not surprisingly you drift away from God. So you lead these purposeless lives. So sad clown syndrome is, is taken over men without uh, a beauty to rescue and adventure to live, you know, the whole thing. Right. But, and I, I hadn't even, didn't even know about that when I wrote the book, but I, I think that what free to lead was trying to get across is here's a problem. Here's a solution that at least at the time it was had, you know, it was very limited yeah. in, oh, in yeah. ge geography, but it's, it, it works. So you could pick up that book and say, oh, yeah, I am that guy. And you're right. I want, I want to get. And that's, right. I mean, not to make it whatever, that, that's exactly what happens. Right. Right. That's right. happened to me. It probably you know, could have very well happened to you guys. And certainly it happened to a number, hundreds of thousands of guys that listen to your podcast. Um, that, uh, that's exactly what it was. And that's, that's one of the things I love and, uh, is that you have a very unique ability to articulate the things and to observe them as they are and to, and to articulate them in a way that we that is super relatable that we all just kind of go because that's what i've told you that how many times right i look and i go by golly yes i didn't know i was allowed to feel that way because society's been telling me to feel a different way forever right and and i didn't know i was allowed, i didn't know there were other guys that did feel that way and and damn it if that's the way that you feel and i feel that way well you know we got a burgeoning social movement of sure. two plus here yeah and I think that uh, the Q source then is just provides practicality, hopefully, mm -hmm. you know, not being overly prescriptive. You got to do it this way, but more like identifying the categories. Yeah. Like this is, this is a category of life. Yeah. This is, and this is where they fit. So the concentrica is actually in free to lead, I believe as well. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I was like, okay, how do I, just knowing it is one thing, but what do you, what do you actually do about it? Yeah, right? you broke it down. I think it, in, the, in Free Delete, I don't remember if it had anywhere it's not near quite the, as detailed, yeah, right? Yeah. It's, right. Yeah. Free Delete talks about the number of people that might attend your funeral based on. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but I think the idea, the, the biggest idea of the, of that part of the Q source is the idea that your wife is in the center of your relationship. Yeah. Being transformative, right. changing you from, me to us right forcing you to abandon uh the a lot of the desires of your heart or compromise them yeah or realize that actually those were were not, were faulty that really what you what you should yearn for is a accelerating and vibrant and powerful relationship with your wife that's what you should because that's at the center right and it's it's it is the team you will be on the longest 
That's right. <laughs> it's yeah. the most important one. Yeah. And I, you know, uh, and maybe that's why we haven't gotten, you know, beat up by the culture so much because, you know, what's a woman going to say? You guys love us too much. Right. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I, I did and, have and, my, uh, I did have my M read the minivan centurion and, um, you know, of course, I thought I was like, you got to read this. It, it explains, you know, everything that I'm thinking. And she said, well, he must be writing to men because it's it's a little bit repetitive. So that was kind of her feedback. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I am curious then. So does More the minivan, does the minivan centurion, because I've had a couple conversations with some guys about the, the radical notions or the essentials of the uh, burgeoning movement of, of MC Curious, um, and so are the are the essentials or the radical notions of of this movement the you know God before uh, God is first and um, love your neighbor as as others or was it, or is that more of an example of kind of essentials in a faith based relationship or or tell me more about that. So the the minivan centurion is is uniquely American in a sense, right? And it, so what, what, what it is, what it reflects is my belief that America is exceptional and we're here for a purpose. And American men, that, makes, that means we have a purpose. doesn't mean if you're a German guy, you can't participate in that. It just means that America is what it is. So, it also doesn't mean that you don't have a purpose. It just, we don't know right. if it's the same or not. Right. So the radical notions, the first radical notion is that the tomb was empty. That's the first radical notion, right? Uh, and... You don't have to believe that, I do, but you don't have to, to recognize that that radical notion changed the world, right? So it could be a radical lie, you know, I mean, but it, but it, it but the fact that we celebrate once a year, I mean, you it, know, we changed I mean, the calendar, hire everything, change the calendar. I mean, uh, it, it, the, it, it, it transformed the largest, most powerful nation on earth to the Holy Roman Empire. I mean, it, think about it, right? One little 12-man, 11-man group in the year 30. Him later. <laughs> replaced him in the year 30, right? It was a radical notion. And then the second radical notion is that all men are created equal, which is 1,700 years later and change, which is just as radical, right? In, in its time, uh, that wasn't the way the world ran. The world ran by status hierarchies. You know, for, for a bunch of knuckleheads in a backwater uh, colony to tell the most powerful man on earth, send him a demand letter and say, yeah, you screwed up. We're all created equal. You're not the king anymore. Here's the specific ways you have. And by the way, we're going to do better and we're going to write up a new government and you're done. And you're not invited. I mean, that's pretty radical, right? And you could, you could say, well, I disagree that all men are created equal. Uh -huh. Most people wouldn't say that. But a lot of people do say oh, that promise was not fulfilled, right? You said all men are created equal, and at the time, half the country uh, was enslaved. Right. How could you possibly say that? And that, you know, later in the book, we're like, yeah, that was a radical notion that took 80 or 90 years to become, the, you know, de jure fulfilled with the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment, and then another 100 years to, to really on the ground where you could say, mm -hmm. you know, uh, for the most part, that the promise of the Declaration of Independence that all men are created equal, that is now fulfilled to a great extent. Yes. I mean, is there work to do? Sure. Yes. But always I, something. Yeah. There's but, always something. But right? Yeah, we're there. Yeah. We no, never go sit on sit on our laurels. But so the idea of the radical notions are really to help 
an American man, say particularly young American man. Oh, maybe like yourself there, Flaherty. I don't know. Yeah, a young, a youngish man. How old are you, Flaherty? Thirty-six. Thirty-six. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Flaherty. I thought his name was uh, Poco Rabanne. It's Poco Rabanne. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. take a youngish Ubonic. man, a youngish man, um, who who's you know hustling, making money, doing all those things, looking around at the country and say. Wow, where? How do we get to where we are? Why does it matter? And where do we go from here? I'm like, okay, you happen to be a citizen and resident of the greatest nation that God has ever created. It's the most radical experiment that's ever happened. It's it it isn't didn't start on 1776. It didn't start on 1619. It started in 0030. That's where it started, and and it's the the culmination of that. And because of that, it's critical that you play a role to keep it alive so it's it's my hope is that it's an exp, it's explanations to arm guys and this it's so when it, people are saying you know you hear this cultural thing well you know there's no such thing as american exceptionalism there's greek exceptionalism too and you know there's nothing special about us and america's done a lot of bad things too you know it's kind of what is and i'm like i'll i'll take up those arguments all day long and twice on sunday yeah because never has a nation of, of people been more free and more wealthy and more safe and more secure for a longer period of time than we have. And never has a nation extended all that wealth and freedom and safety outside its borders to other people. It's certainly not to the degree that we have. The, you know, the Mexicans are not building a fence right now. <laughs> to keep us out. No. <laughs> No, we we're were the Canadian. No, we were talking about these fences. Like, oh, it's, it's the wrong thing to do. I was like, yeah, but it's facing outward. Did you notice? Yeah. I mean, people still, if this is such a horrible place, why are people mad that we're building a right, fence? Risking life and limb. Why aren't they thanking us for building a fence so in case they would fall in accidentally? <laughs> well, I, I love that. And I, and I guess... Um, Hopefully, it gives other guys listening a sense of, of pride and, and also a sense of, uh, you know, accountability, right? I mean, I think we we do need more of that. I, I guess as, as I read some of the other chapters, um, how much of this is, you know, so you, you kind of have an absence of, of faith or, or God, and so then your ability to make your own decisions or have your own beliefs changes, and then we start seeing more of the delegation of agency and and just kind of you know what what you refer to as, as fat ted right or, or meteorologist jim where i have all of the information i could ever want but i don't actually form my own beliefs and then i and then i look to others to make decisions i mean is that kind of where you see some of the root of this the the problem that we're trying to solve i guess or yeah go ahead you know i was saying definitely i i mean that's to a large degree and dave will speak to it but uh uh, the fact that that we have have taken on ourselves, uh, yeah, you, to your point, you couldn't have more information available to you, but everyone's afraid to do anything about it. They're afraid to take a stand. They're afraid to take a because what if I screw up? Because we we've also turned our world into a place where if you if you mess up once, baby, it's over. It's over. Yeah. You're canceled. You're done. Forget it. You know, we don't allow for any grace, uh, hardly, you know, in, in a big sense anymore. And so, I mean, I think, you know, would you, would you agree that, uh, that that's part of the reason why we're happy to have experts from afar make the decisions for us? Because then we can point to that guy and go, well, yeah, Cantori told me. So without redemption and forgiveness and grace, 
what do you do with all the things you've done wrong? I've done bad, bad things in my life. Uh, um, as Bill Greer, when I told, when I became a Christian, I told Bill Greer I was struggling. He said, why? I said, well, you know, I, I did all these horrible things. He's like, hero, if we made a movie, your two hours of your worst moments and played it for the rest <laughs> of us, all we'd be is bored. Said, you need to take that movie and stick it on and give it to Jesus and let him carry it. Cause that's why he went to the cross. He's got a great way of putting yeah. it. That's my mentor. So, uh, but the guy who had doesn't have that. What does he do? So I think it's the work of the devil to to make you wallow in your own shame. Don't you know, you. make you wallow in your own shame, and you can't get rid of it. And be, because you can't do that, you look for a way to say, "Look, oh, I'm, I'm I guess I'm a good guy." And you know, who's 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 the most unhappy? Who's yelling the loudest? I'll throw that sign in my yard, and and that's the that's fat headism, right? Yeah. That, that just trying not to just not to get hit yeah everybody's right. throwing dodgeballs and man oh, i just I just don't hit me right rather than getting in there and fighting you know and i you know it's funny the same guy with the paper bag got mad at me about the fat ted thing and i said because it's his name is ted he's fat no, no, well no. i think he goes he had a lot of yard signs and i was like look oh, yeah you don't take it personally i'm not aiming that at you because you are actually a guy who has done some things about this i know he has yeah. i mean he's I, i'm talking about the guy that in lieu of that puts out a, a yard sign, uh, you know, that lists all his supposedly most closely held attributes. And, you know, they're all, of course, just bromides. Yeah. But he doesn't do anything. No, he pulls a muscle patting himself on the back. Right. I mean, if you're going to put a yard sign out that says, you know, uh, I love water or whatever the heck it says on those things, <laughs> you know, I was like, why don't you just go someplace and give and love people and give them water yeah. instead of putting the sign out? Water for all. Yeah, I mean, I just, the sign thing, it doesn't do anything. All it is is, is yard sign utopianism. That's, that's all it is. It's fatheadism. So the, the expert part of this to me is, you know, and I'd uh, use the old uh, um, Pink Floyd song, Comfortably Numb, like, because you're just drifting, right? Mm -hmm. you're, just, you're just drifting. You don't have any guilt. You don't have any responsibilities. You're just waiting to die. And you gladly turn over your own decision-making to a distant expert who's unaccountable, so you can never be held responsible. And you'll never have to worry about making that decision. That, you know, that started, the whole thing with Jim Cantore started eight or nine years ago uh, when we guys were starting workouts and they were like, they were in other towns. What do we do if it's raining? Who makes the decision whether to-, to Yeah, to, if there's thunder. Like, what do we do? I'm like, I'm like does, does F3 Nation make that decision? I'm like, <laughs> I, yes, I said, call listen, me. <laughs> I'll tell you what I do. If I'm the cue of a workout here, I open up the window, I stick my big head out, and I sniff the air a little bit, and I decide on that. I said, but really, truthfully, I just drive to the place and say, at the moment, at 530, if, the, if, the, if it's not lightning, right. I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm, I'm working out. Well, what, what should we do? So, same darn thing. Make a decision why on earth would you want to delegate that decision to me or anybody else certainly not jim cantori a guy up in new hampshire looking right. at the freaking doppler right you know you're the guy on the ground you make that decision yeah i got in a big uh i guess the way to say it would be uh a lively if not heated discussion at a second f uh you know hump day happy hour uh just a couple of weeks ago uh because somebody said well you know there was ice i guess so maybe a couple months ago yeah. now, but you know there was there was going to be ice and and uh you know, they put out on the, on the Slack and it was like, uh, you know, such and such AO is closed tomorrow. And I was like, I don't, I don't, and I wasn't trying to be a jerk. I was like, help me, help me understand what you mean when you say that. Well, on the site queue and I closed it. 
And I was like, okay, I, I heard your words, but like, what do you mean when you say that? Well, I drove down there. Okay, so you drove down there, right? And he goes, yeah, and I determined that it was unsafe for, for others to come, so I told them, they, you know, we're done. And I said, so let me, let me ask you this. If I showed up, because I had, didn't see your, your closing, uh, and, and I wanted to work out, what, what would you do? And he's like, well, I told you to go home. And I was like, what if I got out of my car and worked out anyway? And he was like, well, I mean, you're, you're a grown man. I guess you have to make that decision. And I was like, then, then why, are you, why are you telling guys to close anything? I don't understand. Yeah. Like, and I, you know, I'm not trying to be difficult, but I legitimately See, like. He was probably thought he was doing the right thing. He did. That, you know, and so that's where the, the difficulty comes. It's like he, he thought. It wasn't he was, that it was ill-intentioned. Right. Yeah. It wasn't ill-intentioned. It's just that, you know, it, uh, I, I think what, that what I wanted, this goes to the COVID part. What I wanted out of the government was just the truth. Yeah, well. well. I wanted to know, tell me what the risk factors are, don't, and, then don't, and tell me what, make whatever suggestion you want. Sure. Right? Make whatever recommendation you want and leave it at that. Because every man is, is, is an expert in his own risk assessment. Has to be. Because if you're not, you've given up your agency. So I, every time I would watch one of these, you know, guys you'll never meet. Mm-hmm telling me you really ought to do this or you really ought to do that. In fact, I think they speak a lot. I'm like, tell you what, instead of that, just give us the stats and, and let, us yeah. des- let us decide for ourselves. I mean, and, well, and I, think you, you get, and I think you guys are touching on an interesting topic, right? And we, we try to unpack this all the time. It's a common theme of this decision. You know, it is a form of leadership, right? I mean, you're having to make a decision, whether it be for yourself, for your household, for a group, for, for the workout, for the site. And I think, you know, you guys alluded to it somewhat, there is an initial, uh, I guess, fear of, of failure. Um, and so people will kind of slide into that fat Ted where, well, I don't really want to make a decision here because of the fear that I may fail or may do something wrong and rob right. themselves of the opportunity to, to learn. Um, and then I think the next component is, well, there is a level of vulnerability with being the one that's making the decision, right? I'm taking an actual stance on something that I've gotten the information and I'm making an informed decision on, and I've assumed the risk and I'm putting myself out there, right? And, and those two things, I think F3 has done remarkably to help guys kind of, I don't know, boost their confidence or kind of encourage those types of thought, thought making or decision making. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just my observation. No, I agree with you hundred percent. In fact, that was one of the things I, I, I told this guy and I've told countless men along the way is, you know, first of all, don't take this so seriously. Okay. It's a workout. Don't forget that. Right. We're supposed to be having fun and join each other's company and all that kind of stuff. Like relax, you know, <laughs> so that's number one. But number two is, can you think, and Dred, I'm going to ask you the question too. Like, can you think of a place that is safer to fail than out there? Than out in, than, than out in the gloom oh. leading a workout. Is there a, a safer place to screw up a leadership decision? No, I mean, it's, we court it, right? Yeah, so, I mean, right, yeah, right. You know, no one's going to kill you. No one's going to fire you. In fact, all the, the hopefully the likely uh, uh, outcome of that is that we'll be like, cool, you're doing it again tomorrow, and right. tomorrow it's going to be better. We'll, we'll mock you so sure, yeah, but, for your own good. Yeah. Right. I mean, as, as, you, sh- as you are mocked, oh, so I, shall you mock. I queued this morning in, uh, in Waxhaw, North Carolina. There were 46 guys out there, and I... <laughs> <laughs> no matter what I did, right. guys, I mean, it was relentless the whole time. Did yeah. I care? No, you know, we keep moving, but, but that's the beauty, right? That's the beauty. You're exactly right. 
you know, kind of mixing some topics together, right? So, so you have a guy whose whose boat is maybe capsized. F three kind of pulls him pulls him back back up out of the water. You you develop his leadership, and then through that, he gains enough confidence to realize like you are responsible for making your own decisions, and and you have the ability. Um, and I love I love the you know leadership development process and and this idea of courting the failure because that's how we how we learn and too often the kind of the world will say well we don't want to set people up for failure right that's we want to avoid failure at all costs and i think that's that might be a, another kind of misstep in our development of people we want to teach them how to handle failure um and how to learn and, and grow from it so I, I think that's that's phenomenal i curious just your your thoughts and, and this is maybe not so much minivan centurion but I've listened to your conversations about um, the, about your faith, so that, you know, and, and just the areas that you align and um, see your relationship just continue to develop and grow, and obviously see or hear from afar, however you want to interpret that. But how has how has F three kind of aided in that, and and some of the Andis mindset? Because I, I feel like I heard you say, Dred. Um, that your faith has actually gone gotten stronger as you've learned more about uh, Dark Helmet's faith. So talk me through that, because I, th I think, you know, it, in the middle, there's actually more growth to be had. Sure. I mean, I'm way more tolerant of Dred's wrongness now than I ever was before. Um, I'm, 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 a, I'm a beneficiary. I'm a beneficiary of that. No. Yeah, so uh, on the faith standpoint, you know, um, I, you know, I came to faith very late in life. Uh, you know, I was 43-ish, I think, 43. And uh, when I did, uh, I had a lot of catching up to do, and I didn't really have any traditions to fall back on, you know? Like, I wasn't like, oh, I was raised a Catholic. And, it, you know, like, a lot of guys down here are, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a recovering Catholic, you know? My wife's a Baptist, so now we're Methodists. You know, I, <laughs> I didn't have any of that. I was just a guy that suddenly believed and then was trying to catch up and figure it out. So I've always been curious about uh, faith traditions uh, and religious traditions and of the different denominations. Um, and I just, I've always asked a lot of questions about them. And uh, I've always believed that we have different denominations because it makes us stronger as fellow believers in Christ. You know, if it's it's diversity of tradition in a way. So when I say diversity, I'm not talking about skin color. I'm talking about viewpoint. So you know, it's it's that's why I try to boil it down to uh, what 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 are those essentials in which we must have unity, right? right? What do we have to believe? You have do you believe that the tomb is empty? Dark helmet does. Do you believe that uh, we we are obligated to put God before everything? Put nothing before God. Dark helmet believes that. Uh, do you believe we should treat our neighbors as, as, as we ourselves should be treated? Yes. Those are my three, you know, and those are the big ones. Right. And Dark has taught me a lot about uh, all the crazy shenanigans that they, <laughs> that they believe in, in the Mormon faith. Like, I know it's funny. It's like, everybody knows that uh, uh, God created the earth in one day and that, you know, like <laughs> all religions have myths and fables and you know yeah. no i just happen to like my mythology more than that's you. right yeah and uh i've actually really enjoyed learning about the fcam uh system uh because it's really so different than anything i've any church i've ever belonged to and uh <laughs> we were talking about this before 
He's like, yeah, you might, uh, I, what did I say? When? I said, um, oh, I'm, you said I'm FCAM curious? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I'm just about as curious about FCAM as I'm about being a, a transvestite. I'm, I'm, but it, which, which is high curiosity. I'm just curious. Yeah, sure. You know, what makes yeah. you say that? I have a curious just guy. Just don't put on a dress. That's I'm all a, I no, am. I'm a curious guy. Uh, but uh, the uh, FCAM structure is probably more structured than I would want. Right. You know, I, you know, I don't work for Bank of America either. Right. Right. Yeah. You wouldn't survive right. well there. But, but I, but you have, would be a, would be not a paying much attention if you said, well, you know, the FCAM uh, denomination hasn't been successful. It's the second fastest growing denomination in the world. Yeah. yeah. And, and the deliberateness with which FCAMs dispatch their missionaries and the commitment they have to growing their denomination uh, and bringing them into Christ is why why that is so well and i would even contend too that uh you know when we send those kids out we're sending them out so that they learn so that they become more convicted, well of course you know, right. so that well, they grow right that's why the yeah, 70 that's why, the seven, the that's why the 72 went out right? right so i mean but 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 you know in one former denomination i was in or church i was in episcopal church and uh their attitude was more like we need to send people out to apologize <laughs> And I remember, I didn't mean to be a piss I remember having this, you know, idiot debate because I knew, you know, I've been a Christian for like 12 minutes and I'm like, it says here that, and uh, in your book <laughs> with a, an Episcopal priestess. And I said, aren't we supposed to like go out and try to um, bring other, make other people to be Christians as well? And she said, no, there's people in Raleigh who do that. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> They're not meteorologists, right. they're their priest gyms. Right. You just let them. Right, right, that. right. Yeah. So th that's what I, you know, the diversity of, of faith in America, of, of, of different religions. In me, for me, faith denominations are just groups. You know, they're, 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 they are good for people to, to worship together who find convenience in that, right? Sure. Well, and, and to your point, you know, a guy who a guy who loves structure would struggle outside of, you know, a Catholic faith or, or, or an FK. LDS faith. Yeah. Right? I mean, you would, because he would just, he wouldn't know, he wouldn't have the, the appropriate guardrails to lead him to God. Right. 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 He wouldn't know. He'd be like, ah, somebody has to tell, you know, whatever. Right. That's fine. That's right. Right. Um, and not that I'm that way, but it's funny. Cause I, I not to just to tag on, like, I think to answer your question a little bit too, is I think I'm probably 10 times, uh, a better uh, disciple of Jesus Christ and a better um, member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Uh, uh, than, mouthful. Uh, <laughs> than than I would have been had I not a been associated with with Dave, but also, I mean, just being around the other men of diverse faiths. You know, very diverse faiths. You know, uh, we have Muslims and we have. Uh, Hindus and all kinds of people, you know, and I look in now and whereas before I think I sat back and kind of went like, no, I think that's really cool what you do, but I mean, we're right, you know, <laughs> you know, but, yeah. and, and to change it and, and tried to bring some of those things. I, I, I try to practice what I call, uh, or what has, has been called rather a uh, holy envy, you know, like, 
yes, I, I love my traditions and I love the things that I do. And I, and I believe that, that uh, we do have a, a more complete picture maybe than, uh, than maybe some other folks do. But that's just my, that's me. That's what I think, right? Well, I would, ho well, I would hope so. But there's plenty you know? of things where I look at and I go, I have holy envy for a lot of the ways that, that these men and, and particularly Dave, uh, you know, practice their faith. And by, by kind of incorporating some of those things and even trying to bring some of them over, you know, into my local congregation, because I don't have any influence in what happens in Salt Lake, but I can influence this group of guys here, you know, to maybe be better Christians. That's yeah. my hope, right? Sure. So, we, I mean, I, I, I am much more happy and vibrant in my faith now than, uh, than I ever would have been if, 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 uh, you know, if, if I didn't have that for sure. Well, I, I think you guys are touching on the, what we talk about often and the differing perspectives. Where else are you going to find a community of this size where you can have an acceptance of different perspectives? I'm a 30-year-old guy, and I now I have I'm friends with 58-year-old men who are dentists in the community, right? Um, different walks of faith, some some same walks of faith, but to all come and, and and somewhat have be on the equal playing field and come as equals, it, you don't find that very often. Um, you don't even find it within the same congregation at a church sometimes. Sure. And and that's another theme of the, of the minivan is like you got to argue, man. I mean, you got to be willing. I mean, I love to be confronted with uh, a uh, opposing viewpoint. I mean, in fact, I know you do. I, I just, I, I don't. That's how I learn. What? What do you always think? You're like, uh, I'll, I'll argue. Wait, I'll argue the color of the sky and give you blue to be fair, because I'm good at it. <laughs> I know. I know. I'll take red. You know, well, I mean, I'm good at it. That's good. And, and and we didn't want to make it easy on you. We actually, I told Blake, I said, I don't want this to be adversarial, but we should go through the content and see if uh, how consistent he is on his application. I so would let's point I, out the inconsistency. Please do. I, I he's would, like, I don't I think would, there are uh, any, man. I would love that. I would, and, and part of it is that how can you expect, I'm no uh, apologist. I don't have that gift. But I, I, how can you expect to persuade anyone to your viewpoint? If you can't suffer through being argued with about it, if you if you don't, if your worldview or your philosophy is never tested by opposition, how are you ever going to see its flaws? Yeah, I mean, and and there's many things that I thought ten years ago that I'm like, you know, I wasn't quite right about that. Well, maybe not many. Uh, there's a few things. Three. There were yeah. three. But it, I, you know, that that by teaming up with. Gosh, I listen to this great podcast about Eisenhower. Did we talk about this? No. You know, I, I've read books about Eisenhower, but his, his granddaughter wrote it. Oh, how I led. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I listened to the book. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And uh, she, her insight was so cool because she's like, yeah, it's funny when I would read a biographer say, Ike did this and this is what he was thinking. She's like, I, I knew that wasn't right because I heard him say otherwise at dinner. <laughs> But, I, you know, when I listen to this whole thing, I, I said, you know, I, I've always been kind of a distant admirer of his, uh, but I was like, dang, I just, I either stole his leadership philosophy or it leaked into me from, because. Nah. There's, I mean, maybe, maybe. And she parts literally of it. said, know, but she literally said Andist. But what do you, did she really? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. On the podcast. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. But I was going to say, maybe so, but. Uh. You, you would probably also contend that, well, truth is truth. And yeah, these I, are principles that are thousands of years old. And that's right. Yeah. That's so, right. Interesting. Yeah. So maybe she heard your. 
I'm aware my question is coming from, I, I had a guy that we were looking at the, the chapter called the middle and some of the radical notions. And he made a comment of, you know, well, that's, that's uh, religious stuff. And I don't, I don't believe in, you know, a certain religion. So trying to explain the, that as, as men and as Andis, we have the ability to uh, accept something as, as, uh, as a radical notion. And like you said, that could mean it, it radically failed or it was radically successful, but just accepting the fact that, it, it had an impact on where we are today. And I, and I think that's kind of where, you know, um, it's, just, it's just, it's interesting, right? As we get sucked into the culture and, and kind of the, the separation that's happening, it, it, there's this, there's a desire to see it one way or another. And I, and I just love this idea that um, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, we, we, we can uh, band together in the middle. And I think the other thing I just wanted to, to call out that I, I love that you included here, because this reminds me kind of a of sad clown syndrome, um, where it's kind of always this, this thing, right? And, and so you, you made a comment that, um, it, you know, it's, it, it's kind of like, uh, like addiction and, and recovery, right? Where you, you can't do this alone. You need guys that are going to call you out when your ego is, is causing you to want to be right. Um, and so I, I think I, it just it fits really nicely into what we've already got within F3. So really appreciate that. Honor. We did have a, a couple of questions that uh, we've been asking all of our all of our guests and um, want to get your thoughts. So so one of the questions we had is and, and would be curious because you've been doing this F3 thing for a lot longer than we have obviously and so what um, what sort of advice? You I mean do you think he has? Maybe he has. I don't know. <laughs> Just you invented it. You've been doing it a little longer than I have maybe. Uh, one of the questions that we've been asking is, is kind of what's your words of encouragement or, or advice for, uh, the, the FNG or for the packs that encounter an FNG? What, uh, what would be your advice there? Uh, just tell them what it's done for you. Yeah. You know, I, I am not the world's greatest headlocker, actually. It's kind of funny. Uh, that's not really my gift, but you know, I, um, I do headlock guys and, uh, the way I do it is just tell them the truth, man. You know, I'm, I, I, I was a fat, lonely, uh, faithless man. And um, I, I usually tell them I had a, a pretty good vision of where my life was going. I, I could see the trajectory. Yeah. I've, been in, I've been around enough older men to know. And, uh, and there was a flushing sound. And it, didn't, it wasn't good. And uh, I, was, I, was ready to, I was ready to try anything. So if you're ready to try anything, hmm. give this a shot. The worst, the worst thing that can happen is you throw up all over yourself uh, <laughs> and get a, get a goofy name. That's right. Uh, <laughs> it's the worst. I love it. Love that. I, I was, uh, you know, I think for me, I, I was there. I was uh, still in active uh, substance abuse and um, am now four years uh, clean so it's it's been phenomenal for me um the, the other question that we that we have so just you know uh we're men of faith and um we want to know if there's anything we can be uh praying about or thinking about uh for for either of you anything you need uh, encouragement on or, or prayer on uh, just support for you guys well if usually when people ask uh what do i need to uh for them to pray um for me i'm always taken aback because it's usually the question that, you know, that I ask of other guys. And I, I'm a very deliberate prayer. Like I have a list that I go through and I check back with guys. Hey, man, uh, 
did you did you lose those five pounds? You're you know I I'm just you know uh, I think that the prayer that that I would ask for is is double fisted. One is or double two 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 chambers. One is that I stay within my D two X. I don't get distracted um, by things that are are outside of that because uh, when I do I I lose uh, I lose impact. And I lose influence, and I think that's what that's where this, what the splitter would have. The other thing is uh, that I'm protected from the evil one uh, because I I don't. I guess this could sound a little bit egotistical, but I, I think that if I falter, it's going to harm a lot of people. It certainly harm me, and it'll harm my wife and harm my children. But uh, as on, and as honored as I am, and I think you guys read the book, so you know what I mean by that. Um, when someone tells me, you know, how much F3 is done and something over it, I realize that with that honor comes responsibility because, you know, scripturally, once you become, a, if you are going to be a teacher, you're going to be judged more harshly than you should be because if you fail and you falter, then you're, you've harmed people. Yeah, you don't just take you, you take everybody you told. So uh, I fancy that I've, I have the devil's attention and I would ask that you pray for me to protect me from that and uh, that I'm protected from that. And that if I, if I begin to falter that men around me come and, and bolster me. Hi. And he's, he's uh, <clears throat> I can attest to the fact that he's, he's being honest about the prayer deal. I can't tell you <clears throat> uh, the number of times that I, I get a text early in the morning uh maybe that just says hey man um while i was praying about you this morning i thought of this or while i while i was praying for your leadership this morning of f3 um i just wanted you to know you know the day that i was doing it but also you know that i'm i'm, I'm feeling like you, you got this you know and just encouraging and, and that kind of thing and and um and i've been very blessed to be a re recipient of that so right. so thank you for for doing that as men have done for me i um, and as far as, uh, what I would ask, uh, and in a similar way, you know, I, I, <laughs> I guess it's just a function of the fact that where you sit sometimes, right. That you're usually the one asking the question yeah. and say, how can, how can I help you? What can I do for you? So you, you don't always have a quick answer when somebody says, well, what can I do for you? Uh, keep doing what you're doing. You know, <laughs> like, I don't know. I like, I like what you're doing. Yeah. Keep right. doing. Um, I think, uh, for me, uh, I guess the thing that I would ask is, uh, to, always do my best to lead in the way that God would have me to. Uh, but then even before that, and this is, this is relative or re relevant to my uh, word of the year and a lot of other things that I just, you know, my, my personal gesture and struggles, right. Um, is uh, just to remember whose I am, not who I am, but whose I am. Uh, that's, that's what I would ask. Well, I love that. And I'm certainly appreciative of you both sharing and sharing your time today, you know, and just, Real quick, off the list of prayers, we actually, uh, we've got a, a member in our three, his name Samples, and he keeps a list of answered prayers. So I love that. I love that you keep a list. Uh, he's one of our respect guys, but he was the first person I've met that kept a list of answered prayers. And I just thought that was so profound to actually be praying towards something and then following up on it to make sure that, you know, it's yeah. resolved itself or seeing how the conflict has resolved itself. So certainly appreciative of that. Well, guys, we usually wrap up with a name -a rama 
And if you guys are good with that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, go. All right. I'm John Whitworth, 30, Pony Express. Pony Pony Express. Hate. (laughs) (laughs) The plague. The plague. plague. Uh, Frank Schwartz, 46, Dark Helmet. Dave Redding, Dread, 5'8", the War Daddy. Active adult. Active adult. <laughs> I've got the junior depends on today. Uh, I love it. Is that an official name change or what? No. Negative. Yeah, nope. No, Negative. Stay what we got. Okay, cool. Hey, appreciate it, fellas. This this was great. Uh, really appreciate your time.